Hi, and welcome to Hope Chapel. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to see you at a worship service, so if you'd like to join us, services happen every Sunday at 10 a.m. Also, we've made this sermon available for you for free, but hope you consider giving some sort of donation. If you'd like to include us in your tithe or just give a one-time gift to the church, go to hopechapellongbeach.com slash give. Let's, let's take the book of Romans today. Now, there's a passage in chapter 5 that deals specifically with what we call the reign of death and then the reign of life. And this is a very interesting passage, very encouraging uh, when we get to the, the reign of life, the reign of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's his, of course, resurrection that not only proves, but makes this reign of life possible. And in life, death and life, the reign of death and the reign of life are kind of mixed together, okay? We see some of the promises of God and the gift of God's grace are effective in our life on a day-to-day basis. And we see, as we had such a beautiful testimony time today we see god is at work life is at work restoration reconciliation is at work and it's a beautiful thing to see uh we can see it from a perspective here that's far different from the perspective that is seen from the saints who've already gone to be with the lord but we see it as being subject subject to the reign of death and being under that curse And Christ died and rose again to lift the curse of the law from us so that the reign of life would begin. Jesus said, I've chosen you and I brought you out and separated you so that I could give you abundant life. And that abundant life, that reign, that rule of life is effective and effectual, as the Bible puts it, the moment you believe. You come out from under the curse of the law. And he begins to... um, as we know, move us from the works of the flesh, the reign of death, to the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so, of course, naturally, being Christians, we want to experience more and more of the beautiful thing that that Christ has done for us, not only saving us, but giving us a heavenly calling. Paul said that he saved me, he counted me faithful, he's put me into the ministry, or the word actually in the Greek there is thrust, kind of pushed in, (laughs) okay, because I I was kind of hesitant like Moses, right? But he thrust us in, counting us faithful. And uh, so as we move into the the service of God, we're going to experience these fruits, these gifts, that they all come from Christ Canceling out the curse. Canceling out the curse by his becoming a curse for us. That we might be the righteousness of God. So this is a, this portion that Paul takes here. And what we're going to do is we're going to take these two that are kind of mixed together with depression and sadness. Anybody here ever depressed? How good are you staying ahead of depression? I'm not all that good sometimes, okay? You know, Superman could take coal and depress it, and he could make a diamond out of it, all right? So God can use depression in your life if you let him. But uh, 
Sometimes depression and sadness do overtake us. Everything okay? Did I say something I shouldn't? You should have a lot. Of, <laughs> see, these little, you know, addendums are awesome. So you're going through a little bit of depression, okay? Well, join the club. Welcome to the human race. So, And that's because of the reign of death. So Romans 5, verse 12. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to move these two apart, okay? We're going to move them apart and take a look at them. So... You can tell whether you're in the flesh or in the spirit. I used to have, have a brother. His name was David, by the way. And David always used to say to me, we were pastors at Harvard Church together. He was the singles pastor. I was the youth pastor. And, of course, that's a lot harder than being, you know, the regular thing. And uh, <laughs> and David used to say to me, you're in the flesh. You know, when I'd start moaning and groaning how the pastor there would have us do extra things besides, you know, preach and sing. And... Dave Dave, Dave would say, you're in the flesh right now, Pokeroba. So that's why we're going to, don't worry, Lynn, I'm not going to rabbit trail forever. Uh, That's why we want to separate these two. Okay? We can see flesh and spirit, reign of life, reign of death. So if we get bumped off the track, we used to play go-karts. You know, you ever play go-karts? Those little things, you know, and you know. And when you come to this curve, they'd go off. And we'd always have to put them back on the track. So if we get off track, we get into the flesh, we'll immediately know you're in the flesh right now and we can get back into the spirit. Wouldn't that be a good thing? So don't do what David did. Always pointing at the other guy, Bible belting and, you know, you're in the flesh right now. Don't, don't do that. Now we had Romans chapter five, verse 12. Well, how come Eve had to eat of the forbidden fruit. That's because you weren't there first. All right. But look at what it says here. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. Now, I don't have to know anything about you, a single thing, to know that I have two very major things in common with you. Sin and death. And what I want to have in common is life and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of of heaven is. It's not meat and drink, but it's life and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want to have in common with everyone. And so it says here that uh, why is there misery in the world and sadness and depression and suicide and all these fruits of the reign of death? It is because sin entered the world. So let's not point the finger at God, all right? And if we were to remove all the sin, we wouldn't have that much left over to make us depressed, would we? Be, be, be more livable, wouldn't it? But sin did it. So the next time your belly aches or you have to take your dog to the vet, sin did it. It's the reign of death. Sin has entered the world and death by sin. And that's what the Bible says. So when someone dies, we can't say, oh, they're not deserving of it. Because the fact of Scripture is we're all deserving 
of death. And if God gave us what we really deserved, right? I'm a deserving person, but what is it I'm deserving of? If you happen to check out my Facebook blog that was on it, right? What is it I'm deserving of? No, let's, let's not go there. It's Easter. Let's be positive. Okay. Let's talk about the reign of death. But sin entered in the world and death by sin. And what came with that? Well, I have a whole list of goodies here. Now there's going to be the good part. So stick around for that. Okay. As promised, there will be the reign of life. We became mortal. That means eternal life was canceled. There was a tree of life and all they had to do is go take a bite. And if you started your things started going bad, have a bite of the tree of life. But there was also this other tree of, of, uh, the knowledge of good and evil. And they bit that one and man became mortal. But God has promised through the reign of life, life and immortality. Life and immortality. So the sting of death, making us mortal, was removed by our Lord Jesus Christ. And now there's there's hope after the grave. And if you don't have Jesus as your Savior, what hope have you got? I'm going to be a, a bag of fertilizer, right? That's you. See, evolutionists tell us you're just going to turn back to the dirt. Or the Hindus just keep recycling. And you may come back as a mosquito. And somebody go, ugh. All right? What hope have you got if you don't have the hope of immortality? And so that's why we're rejoicing today. But we became mortal, right? The soul that sinneth, Ezekiel says, shall die. So we've all got an appointment. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after that the judgment. And not only is there death, talk about the bad news, but the good news is only so good because the bad news is so bad, is there's the judgment of God for sin, which is also eternal. So, beloved, as we know, there is no exit sign in hell. So the good news is very, very good. But the reign of death. For by one man sin entered into the world. Is that fair? Is that fair? Well, let's look at what Romans says. Death is passed to all men, verse 12, for all of sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Remove the law, nobody's guilty. So let's just remove the law against drugs, right? Move that law against marijuana, and now we can all smoke marijuana. Uh, don't say that you got advice for me to do that, but uh, if you remove the law, okay, it's cool. But... How does Jesus take us out from under the law? How does he remove the law? By grace. By grace we come out from under the law and we come out from under that reign of death. That powerful grip that Satan has because death will hold you firm. 
I don't care how you flower it and you nice it up and you call it by different names and you, you have a really good embalming going on. There's nothing good about it and death will hold you firmly in its grip as it tried to and failed with Jesus. And what a miserable failure death was when it came to our Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he says, death is passed upon all men for all of sin. And what comes with it? Mortality, corruption. Corruption. Not only does the corruption of the human body. Can you imagine our bodies, the, the body temperature that we have makes it possible for uh, an incredible host of bacteria and germs that'll kill you. Okay. Your body's a, a happy spot for them. Isn't that encouraging? Corruption. Corruption. And not only is there corruption of the body, there's the corruption of the spirit. Ephesians says man is spiritually dead. And so this corruption, the, the reign of death has brought forth corruption and mortality. And they're very depressing. Very depressing. Well, let's go on with our list, with our goodie bag here. Death has brought shame. The reign of death has brought shame and dishonor. Adam and Eve had a wonderful relationship. But look what it's done to our relationships. It's ruined relationships, doesn't it? Nation goes to war against nation and history repeats itself over and over again. And can we stop it? As Cat Stevens said, get on the peace train and then he became a Muslim. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can we stop it? We can't stop it because of the reign of death. We can't stop war and disease and grief. And mourning. It's ruined, it's entered our relationship. As I, if I were to take my pastor's manual today and read to you what I say at funerals, once more death has entered our ranks and stolen from the walks of life. So and so or so and so. Pretty morbid, but it's the truth. Death enters every house and has reigned from Adam to Moses, even over the Likeness of those who've not sinned in the same way as Adam. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And what is the glory of God? He said, if you suffer with him, you'll be glorified together with him. A glorified body that's victorious over death. It cannot grow old, cannot feel pain or sorrow or depression. How does that sound? Is this pie in the sky? No, it's the truth of God's word. And some are unable to believe it because it's so wonderful. It's so magnificent. The reign of life over the corruption of death and mortality. Oh. So the first thing before we get saved, we got to get in touch and get other people in touch with the fact that they're under it. They're under something. And when anybody complains, here's your opening. What can you expect? We fell from our beautiful, wonderful fellowship with God and the perfect peace and the gifts that he so 
so abundantly wants to bestow upon us, giving us the gift of life. And we had paradise, but we lost. And that's why you've got a migraine. Or whatever else is going on. Life can sometimes be a funeral service. I remember in a period of three years, I lost my mother, Lynn's mother, and my father in a period of three years. And boy, we felt the sting of the grave. But we had, because they were believers, we had that wonderful knowledge that someday we're going to be together again. Where death cannot touch you. Let me tell you something very personal here today. When my mother had cancer, we tried everything. And uh, it got so bad, I remember I went to my mother. We tried to put her on health foods and everything. And my mother was deteriorating, is getting worse and worse. And she had brain surgery. And I remember I, I went to take my mother a carrot. And my sister looked up to me and she said, give it up. I said, Madeline, she said, you know she's going to die. I remember my dad's face. I was looking through the hospital window. You know, there was a little little window in the door, and I could see the doctor's face. I could see my dad's face. And my dad was asking, how did the brain surgery go? And boy, was that expensive. But my mother's tumor was so big, it had so many roots. It was a hopeless case. A hopeless case. And I remember my dad's face as the doctor was explaining to him, your wife is going to be dead very soon. And she was. She was. I remember seeing his face fall, and I remember how my heart sank. And our life was really robbed. I went to see my mother in the hospital. I sat next to her bed. And my mother, I mean, my mother could really complain. She was really good at complaining. She She could be really good at being mournful. At times I said, Mom, you ought to go on Queen for a day. You'd win the prize. You know, you'd have the worst hard luck story of anybody. And I sat with my mother who feared a lot of things in life, and she looked at me and she said, David, what is everybody making such a big deal about? I'm just going to go have a good time with my Lord. She had no fear of death. My mother, who worried about everything. When it came to the grim reaper, she stared him right in the eye and said, Jesus is mine. So sometimes... Life is a funeral. And death will enter every home and every house, and it makes no distinction who he takes, young or old. The reign of death. And oh, how great, how, how much we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord, who has caused righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit to now reign in our hearts through faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. We are set free. Those of us who were all our lifetime in bondage to the fear of death have been delivered. And death, well, his joints are failing. Giant despair has fallen flat on his face, and we've escaped him. Yes, the reign of death has brought shame and dishonor. It's brought hatred, hatred, people hating one another. And First John says, whoever hates his brother abides in death. 
He's under the authority of this horrible thing. Sin did it. Death. What has death done? Well, the reign of death. It's denied us our God. Oh, the lies that have been produced to deny us of our God and our Creator and the love and the perfect fellowship that we once enjoyed. Genesis, paradise lost, revelation, paradise regained. Our fellowship has been restored because now we are in a perfect fellowship, in a perfect reconciliation where God has taken care of it. You know, I think sometimes when I want to worship God and I just want to let my spirit go and I want to be thankful and I, I just want to feel, you know, uh, close. And I feel, how can I? How can I? who in so many ways falls short. And then I hear a kind, loving voice whisper in my ear, don't worry, son, I've taken care of it. Just bask in my love. God, he's the only one that knows everything about us and loves us no less. No less. We become children of god children of god and it says in, in uh, john says beloved what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of god death i can laugh in your face because if you come to get me it's just a portal through which i travel to meet my savior face to face and to be with him eternally free of the weight of sin and the burden of the reign of death. Gone, gone, gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Never to be found again. Buried in the deepest sea. Canceled, blotted out by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, who is the victor in the grave. He's victorious. Do you know a champion like that? <laughs> Who's your hero? Well, he says, verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even though over those that did not sin after the similitude or likeness of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him who was to come. What? Adam is an allegory? Adam is an, an illustration? Of, of what is Adam an illustration? Of this... Second Adam, the first Adam, earthly, sensual, devilish, a lover of the world, a lover of self. The first Adam, a sinner, but the second, Christ himself. So as by one man, sin entered the world and death by sin, by one man, Jesus Christ, life has reigned unto righteousness but not as the offense so also is the free gift he's saying the offense spread to the whole world right death passed upon all men and that's a negative thing so not like the offense life and the reign of life is spreading through one man Jesus Christ 
the second Adam. First one, earthly. The second, holy. And where does he live? God dwells in us. This victorious warrior who ransomed us from the grave, he lives in us. That whether we wake or sleep, he will resurrect us. His life will quicken our mortal body. Death cheated us out of our inheritance as children of God. And now the Bible says we're heirs of God. The full inheritance of Christ and his throne are ours. Death cheated us out of that inheritance. But now there are exceeding and precious promises, the Bible says, that are given to us. And by the Holy Spirit, we may know what those beautiful, precious promises are. The Bible is filled with promises but warnings and forebodings for those who don't believe, but for promises that do, of those who do. He says, For if through the offense of one many be dead, oh, doom, despair, and misery, oh me, okay? All right? Through the offense of one many be dead, he says. Much more, the grace of God. The grace of God. That undeserved mercy. That loving favor that we didn't earn and can't earn. He said, he came to bear the sin of many and to set the captive free. Much more, the grace of God and the gift. And what is this little gift here? eternal life. The gift by grace, which is by one man, death by one man, eternal life by one man. That's what Paul's saying. Is that fair? Well, yes, it is. Because now the choice is up to you. No one has to perish. God is not willing that any should perish. So if you perish, who's willing? God isn't. It can only, you can only perish by an act of your will to deny the gift of life. By one man has abounded unto many. And if you look at the beautiful world that God has made, you see there's, there's an abundance of the originally, right? And we've ruined a few things, but originally there's an abundance of life. And imagine how the kingdom of heaven is going to be. God is an abundant God. And he has supplied you and I with the Bible calls abounding grace. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. And not as it was by the one who sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification well i fit right in there don't you okay many offenses that's me sorry to say but it doesn't matter and i love the passover it didn't matter what you'd done wrong it didn't matter whether you were bad or good if you obeyed the promise that if you put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost it didn't matter <laughs> anything 
except the fact that you were inside the grace of God and a recipient of the free gift. So, get on the ark. All may come. Whomsoever will. The world's greatest invitation to the greatest company. Whosoever will may come. So, there's grace for all of my sins. My past sins, the things that I look back and say, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. My present sins. You know, something falls on the floor and I let one fly, right? I mean, my present sins. And sometimes they're a little worse than that, okay? That ugly side of Dave. Uh, you don't want to know him, right? That Jekyll and Hyde situation. There's grace for that. And those things that I'm going to do, not the part he has forgiven, but the whole. The whole. And so, this is called the reign of righteousness unto eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And when Jesus walked out of that grave, that's what he accomplished. Looking now at verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned, there it is, much more they which receive abundance of grace why do I need abundance? Because of many offenses. I need an abundance of grace because I'm an, I'm an abounding sinner. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. How can I, a sinner, be perfectly righteous? By way of the gift. Shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Right. Can you say this today? Lord, I know that righteousness and life are reigning in my life. What does that do to depression? My purpose is to win people to the knowledge of the plan of redemption, which is a marvelous plan because it's all-encompassing and all-inclusive and it takes care of the problem which the law cannot do because of the weakness of the flesh. He did by giving his body. Friend, righteousness, the free gift, and justification comes by the reign of life. So these two are kind of mixed, like I said, but we've split them apart. Looking back now, we had the image of God Originally, in the garden, man's created in the image of God. Anybody challenge that? They're not here today, okay? But the Bible says Satan has put his mark, his image, in man. He's transferred his hateful pride and rebellion to mankind. Now it says, he made us hopeless. Why do people kill themselves? They have no purpose, they have no hope. They have no God to serve, to live for. There's nobody, they're trying to win to Christ. There's no soul on their heart that they're trying to save. Why? They live for self, and they become hopeless in that. My friend, this hopelessness is part of the reign of death. Because I have, in my worst moment, is better than the world's best moment. My lowest low is better than their highest high because I am alive 
and righteous in Christ, and he's given me the hope and a calling. And all I have to do is get up and move. Wallow. There's no time to wallow in the mire. Amen? Stop wallowing in sadness and get up and live for Christ. I have no life. My life is gone. Great. Great. Start living for Christ. We're glad your life is over. Now, let the life that you live be lived by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. It's about time you stop living your life. And a woman once told me, says, oh, the Christian life is so boring. Not when you live it. You start living the Christian life, Satan's going to come against you. And what could be more exciting than to knock the devil down and walk over his dead body, right? Yeah, there's going to be a battle. You ever hear the armor of God? What might that be for? The raging battle that we're in. But it's not boring. So, now we have a new faith. Reign of life. Now we have a new hope. Now we have a selfless life. Live for Christ. Now we can see the truth and we know who the liars are. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He denies the Father and the Son. He's Antichrist. And God has given us an understanding. And we know him who is true. And now, by making him known, we enter into that power zone. Power zone, okay? I don't know how to describe it, but it's, 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 for me, it's like this place. It's like right next to the kingdom of God. You know, there's just this thin rice paper there. And I, and I'm telling others about Jesus Christ and I'm witnessing for Jesus Christ and I feel this, this power you know it's just this wonderful thing the kingdom of god and i'm just like right there and it's like i could almost like you know put my hand through the dimension and feel jesus hand there because when i'm witnessing for christ and i'm telling others about the good news i feel the power moving in my life you know what happens to depression i forgot i had it no one can outrun it but you can conquer it when it overtakes you by living for Jesus. Well, we were slaves. We were in bondage. We were dying. <laughs> and all the effects of the rain and death we have felt in our lives. But now God has opened our eyes to the truth and he's called us to a holy purpose and a heavenly Reward. If you read the last part of Corinthians 15, it says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, which you do minister to the saints and do minister. So, brethren, be encouraged. Be always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What happens to depression when you start working? You start laboring. You know, I've been saved. I've been given a holy calling. He's given me a purpose. I am in fellowship with God. And now I am able to redeem my brother. I'm able to redeem my brother. He's opened my eyes to the truth. And he's told me 
about this reward. Now, when you're truly seeking the reward of God, you won't even be thinking about it. You, you'll be... I don't tell my right hand what my left hand does. I don't, I don't need to bother about it because I know God is not unrighteous to forget about it. So whatever you've done for Christ, He's kept track of it. Whatever you suffered for Christ, says your tears are in a bottle. Maybe yours is a jug, okay? But whatever you suffered, God remembers every detail of what you've done for Him and your work and your labor of love. And we have this great thought in our minds, in the back of our minds, as we live in the reign of life on the earth where the reign of death is mixed together, okay? We live that. We live with our knowledge of God and we live with our thoughts on Jesus Christ, looking unto Him who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And He's going to take care of our soul. I know who I have believed in. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him against that day. So brethren, be always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing your labor is not in vain. Shall we close and just give God the glory for this beautiful life he's given us? Heavenly Father, Satan would rob us. He would lie to us. He would cheat us. He would try to make us his subjects. But Father, you've given us something the devil can't give us and he can't take away. And that's your grace. Lord, we pray for this abundant grace. We pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We pray, God, for the filling. Fill us with the fullness of God. Fill us with the fullness of your knowledge, Lord. Fill us with the fullness of your love. Give us the love, Lord, that has the power even to love an enemy. God, fill us with love for others and show us your miraculous power. Demonstrate your power in our lives, we pray. The power of the resurrection of Christ. Amen.